This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Call 131 806 for real Aussie energy. And Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world. Everybody and welcome to episode 228 of Don't Shoot the Messenger. I'm Corey Perkin and I'm here this week with my buddy in arms, the producer of our podcast, the amazingly talented, always singing, always gardening, always thieving flowers from someone else's garden, Jane Neal. Jane. Hello, Corey. I won't even pretend that I'm trying to uh, feel the big shoes of Caroline Wilson, who is gallivanting around Scandinavia as we speak, but we couldn't leave it a week. We actually just had so much to talk about. So. Well, we thought what we would do is, because um, I'm also on leave this week, but we thought what we would do is we would just create a little episode today of our revisiting an old friend of ours, GLT, Great Local Tips. And our good local tips this week are really winter focused because I don't know about you, Jane, but I always feel that August is the coldest most miserable month in Melbourne. It could be because we're coming to winter's end and we've all had enough, but it always seems to be just that little bit colder and a bit more miserable. Absolutely. But, Corrie, I've kind of got that theory that the more suffering and pain in that last um, month of winter, the more delightful and delicious the spring is because even in my garden right now, there are daffodils and things just waiting to burst forth. So I totally agree. It's a miserable month. Um, I've even seen pictures on Instagram of people in Adelaide already having magnolias flowering. Like that's at least a month ahead of schedule. So I think we're, uh, look, it's going to be a couple of tough weeks, but I think there is spring on the horizon. So I thought what we would do today, um, Janie, and you were, um, you absolutely, Absolutely rose to the challenge when I said to you, I think we should have a think about some things that we have loved or are looking forward to doing uh, over winter and uh, with one month to go and maybe potties might find our little list um, something of a help uh, and there's a bit of nourishment and a bit of fun and a bit of stimulation in there. So we're going to look at uh, podcasts, GLT podcasts, GLT recipes, GLT wine, and of course, we'll be joined by Miles Thompson of Prince Wine Store, GLT television, books, and a couple of outings there as well. Janie, we can't go on uh, without acknowledging our sponsors, of course, Prince Wine Store. They bring wonderful wine from around the world to your door. In fact, I ordered a box a couple of weeks ago and it arrived here, which their, their service is impeccable and fabulous. We love them. And Red Energy. 100% Australian-owned, of course, for all your gas and electrical needs at home. And Corrie, of course, Prince, uh, and Corrie, of course, Red Energy, supporting our live events as well. And so my GLT straight up is to get to the movies, but not only just to go to the movies and enjoy a warm cinema, but to come to the movies with the Don't Shoot the Messenger gang. We're having a movie night, Corrie. Uh, you made Craig Hutchison, our guest, blush last week. When telling him about the synopsis for the movie we're all off to the cinemas to see on Tuesday the 16th of August, it's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand or Grande. And, of course, it's about uh, Nancy Emma Thompson, who's unfulfilled sexually. Not sure Hutchie was up for that conversation last week on the show. And also, Janie, how about Hutchie admitting that he, back in the 80s he was a neighbour's devotee 
and he wrote Kylie Minogue, who played the character Charlene, he wrote her a little fan letter and she wrote back to him three days later. Yeah, the subtle sort of line there, though, was I think that Hutchie was trying to claim some sort of kudos for predicting Kylie's stardom. That was the underlying sentiment. But look, go back and listen to that. Yeah, he squirmed a little, not well, they sure. Also, they, also gave, they also gave, the boys gave me a bit of a whack at, um, I heard their, the first part of the sounding board, which is the um, <laughs> podcast that Craig Hutchison does with Damien Barrett each week as well. And Damien had a crack at the fact that I called him Hutchinson in my introduction, which of course was a complete slip of the tongue. <laughs> Thank you, Damo, for pointing that out. I do know Craig's surname. I have known him longer than you have. I knew him, in fact, when he was in short. So it was just a slip and uh, that's my apology for the week. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, he won't be at the movies with us, but we'd love you to come. It is a bit of a fundraiser as well for the Breast Cancer Network of Australia. So Tuesday, 16th of August. 5.30 screening, come at 5 o'clock. All the details to book your tickets in the show notes or just send me an email, feedback at don'tshootpot.com.au if you're having any issues. What do you want to kick off with? Corey, I reckon because we actually were inspired to do this little extra um, because we had an email from Sarah Jackson who said, love the podcast, uh, looking for others to keep me walking. Anything else on your list of podcasts that you're listening to that you could recommend. So I reckon let's start with podcasts. Janie, podcasts, I have a terrific new one on my dial that uh, I've really become a fan of the conversations. This is called A Podcast of One's Own with Julia Gillard as our host, the former Australian Prime Minister. Now, before everybody goes, oh, but her voice was annoying. It's not an annoying voice, everyone, and I feel as Julia is heading toward her 60s, her voice is maturing. I think actually, Jane, she has had, uh, it really sounds to me like she's had vocal training for this podcast, but the premise of it and the people she interviews, it's absolutely riveting. Mm. Julia Gillard's booked, as you can imagine, not only as as a political leader and a leader on the world stage, but also work that she's done um, post-politics with various universities and academic organisations around the world, have given her this amazing contact book. And she interviews extraordinary women about uh, diverse topics. Um, For example, a couple of weeks ago, she had Dr Andrea Elner, who is a gender war and um, gender and war and security expert um, at King's College in London, uh, in uh, in England. And Andrea Elner was talking about um, particularly their focus of conversation. She was talking about the Ukraine war and the impact on the women, not only women with families and women who have fled, the women who have stayed, but also the women who are fighting. It's a compelling and fabulous conversation backed by so much research and knowledge by the the speaker. Uh, A recent episode, Julia has interviewed Baroness Helena Kennedy, who's one of Britain's foremost uh, lawyers, uh, about a raft of human rights cases that she's been involved with over the years. I highly recommend this. And for our potty who said she wanted more recommendations for work, for walking, this is a really good one because it's about the size of a, the length of a two or three K walk. And it's called A Podcast of One's Own by Julia Gillard. Another one I would suggest also is, uh, I mentioned The Rest is History the other day with the two male, the hilarious male academics, Tom and Dom from England, 
there's a there's a local history podcast which is really grabbing my attention called Archive Fear, hosted by Dr. Claire Wright and Eve Reese, both of La Trobe University. And Archive Fear, it's really fun. The two of them, particularly their particular focus for their interviews are people like them, whether they're historians or journalists or whoever they may be, who are obsessed by collecting facts. They go down the research uh, the research web, they never come out. They, they're addicted to research and they have very different particular areas of expertise. Topics range from, or, or just a raft of ones. One I listened to the other day uh, was, uh, was with a documentary maker who who is a young woman, but she was she became obsessed about the women's liberation movement in Australia in the 60s and early 70s, long before she was born. And they interview her about her amazing research. So it's a really good, um, it's another really good podcast, Archive Fever. What about you? You're a podcast fanatic. <laughs> I am, although I've been finding I've been listening a little less lately and getting back into music for some weird reason, Corrie. So <laughs> um, those are great oh, recommendations. Maybe that's, I wonder if it's a post-lockdown thing. Jane, I wonder if podcasts really kept us connected and it felt like you had friends in the house when you weren't allowed to have friends in the house. Oh, look, yeah, absolutely. Podcasts have been my friends for at least 10 or 12 years since becoming a mum. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But sometimes I think the music, it's, it's nice just to uh, not have words in my head because I do that all day as well, Corey. Um, so my recommendations are The Teacher's Trial. Now, this is the continuation or it's sort of the, uh, the companion to the massively successful The Teacher's Pet, which which, of course, was a true crime podcast by Hedley Thomas, investigative journalist at The Australian. Do you remember how big this was, Corrie? I mean, this had millions of listeners around the world. The story of the disappeared wife, Lynn Dawson, and her, well, now charged with murder and going through a trial husband, Chris Dawson. So do you remember the hype? I do remember it. And I think this sounds absolutely wonderful. So, look, this is not for the faint-hearted. If you listen to The Teacher's Pet, it's it, it's a big commitment, but this is basically following the trial of rugby league star and teacher Chris Dawson. Uh, he was charged with her murder, and it is fascinating. The, I don't know, the interplay between journalism, the podcast, I mean, the defence are trying to say he can't get a fair trial because of everyone having listened to this podcast. I mean, the podcaster, the journalist, Hedley Thomas, being called as a witness in this case, it is just intriguing and fascinating to see how a podcast has led to at least a charge for murder and will he or will he not go away for it? Will he be found guilty? It's pretty amazing. And, and Headley is, uh, he was a, a journalist colleague of mine at The Australian when I was oh, there a few years ago. Yeah. He is like a dog with a bone. He's an outstanding journalist. Absolutely outstanding. So um, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, and I think it must have the people at The Australian, the legal team must be on their toes because this is serious stuff. You know, this every comment they make, every podcast they drop must have been gone over with a fine-tooth comb to uh, to get it cleared. So I highly recommend that one. Corrie, one I recommended to you a little while back is called Will Be Wild. And this is an eight-part series. You love your American politics. I'm probably not as hardcore as you, but I am fascinated by the events that led up to the January 6th insurrection and, of course, the storming of the Capitol. This podcast series goes back and looks through the characters at play. They talk to people who were deeply embedded in the Trump, the Trump administration 
and just the insanity of what was going on. They they talked to a young man who dobbed his dad in to the FBI saying, I think he's going to do something stupid. There's something happening here. It is fascinating. Yeah, I've heard that one. It's a ripper, isn't it? Absolute ripper. Uh, and indeed, um, just on the topic of January 6th, uh, Janie, I know that some of our podcasts podcast listeners are also really interested in what's happening in America at the moment, in particular the hearings into um, the the Capitol riots. Uh, a good, a really good tip because it's it's difficult to access to watch these live on television or indeed you know pick up um, pick up via the World Wide Web. Uh, these hearings as they unfold, they're having a break at the moment, but they'll be back again, I gather, at the end of August. If you listen to the Rachel Maddow podcast, which is based on Rachel Maddow's MSNBC television show in the evening, each day they have one of these hearings, they replay it in its entirety. Mm. So the podcast can actually go for two hours, but you can hear all of the evidence as, as it's presented with no journalists uh, or commentators speaking over it. It is, it is live because, of course, this is an evening event uh, in, coming out of Washington. So it's a really good tip. Not a lot of people know, but I have had friends say to me, how can I listen or where do I watch it? CNN aren't doing it or whatever, whatever. Um, that would be my really good tip if you want to follow that. Janie, I'm absolutely thrilled that we've been joined by Miles Thompson, who in a moment is going to tell us about wines. But Miles, on the topic of podcasts, I gather you have a very interesting wine podcast. Hi, Miles. Tell us all about it. Absolutely. I I, I don't watch a ton of podcasts, so I had to defer. Uh, sorry, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. I had to defer to uh, Gab Boy, who I think has been on the show before, who I work with here. Um, and she was saying her favourite podcast, and I actually have heard of it, is called I'll Drink to That. Um, it's uh, a podcast by a gentleman called Levi Dalton and he's an ex-sommelier I think based in maybe possibly New York anyway he sort of has his little tiny apartment gets really some pretty amazing sort of people from the wine industry winemakers producers owners and things like that to come and talk quite candidly about you know what they're doing the wine industry and lots of things like that so um, yeah if people want to check that out I'll drink to that Levi Dalton as you know, I love my wine, so I'm going to pop that into my podcast selection. So if we're looking at great winter wine, Miles, rather than Jane and I talk about uh, this as novices, can you recommend a couple of really great drinks that we would enjoy in August? Because we've, we've decided that August is probably Melbourne's coldest month, so let's warm up with a beautiful wine. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think we, we've got some events coming up here at the store and it's uh, been on my mind. I've had this bottle a couple of times now. And it's the Moro Veglio Lange Nebbiolo um, from 2019. Um, and for those who might not be aware, Nebbiolo is the great variety that you see in Barolo and Barbaresco. Um, and obviously a lot of producers of Barolo and, and Barbaresco tend to produce uh, what they're called, which is usually their entry-level wine, which is often a Lange Nebbiolo or a Nebbiolo di Alba or something like that. Um, and usually from their younger vines or... or younger fruit or stuff that doesn't make it into their top-end wines. And uh, this is the latest release from, from Veglio, um, who is a more modern-style producer, and it is just an absolute 
like cracker of a wine. So it's predominantly a Nebbiolo, did you say? It's 100% Nebbiolo, yep. What are we eating that with? So look, the, if you if you go to sort of, you know, this is from that north, from P- Piemonte up in that region, the Lange Hills there. If you sort of, the perfect match for that is any sort of like slow cooked ragu or meat type dish on pasta or on whatever you want it on really. But anything that's kind of red meat slow cooked, uh, that is just like the perfect, perfect um, uh, accompaniment. And obviously, if you like like truffles or have access to truffles, if you're going to put truffles on anything, you know, a nice little pasta or something with truffles, Nebbiolo is a, another great option as well. So quite, quite tannic, quite rich, quite full. So it really needs a, quite a like chunky dish to go against it. But yeah, fantastic. Sounds absolutely delicious. And what else have you got for us? Well, the other thing is like you got to have dessert, right? Because it's winter and you got to treat yourself, and it's depressing otherwise. <laughs> otherwise, being stuck inside. Uh, so we're talking PX Pedro Jimenez um, from the obviously the Jerez region or the, the Sherry region in Spain, and this is that really sweet, unctuous, black, oily-looking stuff. Super, super sweet. And I've got Valdespino, who are a, a, quite a large producer. And this is their, their entry-level PX, but it has probably got to be one of the best-value PXs around. It's got tons of concentration, lovely and rich, nice and sweet, still really fresh as well. Um, and, yeah, for, I think, 30 bucks on the shelf, it's just it's such, a, such a great drop for the money. It's always been a bit of a winner here, so we really like that wine a lot. Sounds great. And um, so if our potties want to access those wines and make the most of the Don't Shoot the Messenger discount, what do they do? So when you're on the website, you can put your code in M-E-S-S for Don't Shoot the Messenger and you get 10% off the wine um, at checkout. So just run to the website, princewinestore.com.au. I just want to tell everybody, and I I I haven't told Jane this, but Miles, you were incredibly helpful with us last week because we had a gift to give a friend of ours who adores Chardonnay. And so... uh, somewhat cheekily I suppose I sent you an email saying can you suggest a few and you put together a lovely box uh, for our friends so I'm hugely appreciative of that I'm not suggesting that everybody's going to email directly but don't forget everyone Prince Wine Store they do they do get back to you they do offer advice via email telephone as well as if you call into the shop but princewinestore.com.au is your first port of call yeah absolutely please like we're always happy to you know take the time and, and walk people through that that, I mean, it's what we do. We love it. Thank you, Miles. Yeah. Um, and thank you very much for joining us today with your winter warmers. And we'll speak to you next week. Wonderful. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. That's Miles Thompson there from Prince Wine Store. And the exciting news is, Corrie, from next week, we have a voucher each week to give away for the Prince Wine Store introductory wine course. It's for two people, valued at $350. So be sure to listen next week. Caro will be back and we'll be sending off uh, a couple of people each week to Prince Wine Store. Now, let's move on to books. What have you been reading or have you got any books uh, that you've spied in the bookshops that you'd love to read? <laughs> oh, I'm desperate to get my hands on the new Jane Harper, but I will wait for that. I want to get a copy in my hand and be able to just basically spend a weekend reading it. Um, the one that I've actually... Yeah, end of, can, I just, can I just interrupt there? Yeah. End of September, her new book comes out. Oh. And potties, keep, uh, keep in touch with me or follow... 
you can actually follow the Insta my Instagram account, Corrie is Reading, because we are doing an event with Jane Harper and it will be in October, but we just are still waiting for the date of confirmation, Jane. Sorry I interrupted. No, fantastic. Oh, she's so awesome. So I always sort of, you know, look forward to her new books. Uh, look, reading a lot of nonfiction at the moment, Corrie, as you know, I produce a show called Great Australian Lives uh, that runs on another radio station. So I read a lot of books by guests on the show. This one is called The Patient Doctor. Dr. Ben Bravery is his name. If that's not the best name for a doctor, I don't know what is. Dr. Ben bravery. Uh, basically, at the age of 28, he was living the high life. He's a zoologist. He had a startup uh, science company in Beijing. And then he finds out he's got stage three colon cancer. And his memoir, oh. The Patient Doctor, is remarkable. I haven't finished it yet, but I don't know. If you've got someone in your family who's thinking of going to med school, he basically then went from being a patient and realising how incredible our healthcare system was, but how many facets of it could be improved or perhaps, you know, lead to more care and compassion, put the heart back in healthcare is his kind of catchphrase. So he then, as he's recovering from bowel cancer, goes to med school, becomes a doctor to make the change himself. So remarkable, inspiring and a pretty honest, uh, you know, journey through the world of cancer treatment. So Dr. Ben Bravery, the patient doctor, it's only just come out. And I think this is an incredible read. Sounds wonderful. A couple of tips that I would like to uh, on pass Last Friday, I went to a wonderful event at Montelto Winery, which the Wheeler Centre run with Montelto, and listened to Geraldine Brooks, the amazing Australian-American writer who actually won a Pulitzer Prize a few years ago. Many people will recall her, the year of, um, the year of small... Oh, sorry, Jane. That's all right. The year, sorry. Many will recall her outstanding book, The Year of Wonders, uh, they'll remember this, the story of March, which was based on Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. She's an absolutely outstanding, outstanding fiction writer and was originally a journalist with the Wall Street Journal and the Sydney Morning Herald. But her new book is called Horse. It's a fictional account of one of the greatest racehorses in American history, a horse called Lexington. And this is the story of Lexington the Horse, Kentucky in the 1850s, the Civil War in America, and the relationship between horse and master. Horse and Lexington's groom was uh, an African-American um, who had been emancipated after the Civil War, and the relationship between these two was actually uh, the entree point for Geraldine Brooks into this amazing story. Her research, as always, is absolutely faultless and fascinating. She's been working on this book for four or five years, and I highly recommend. It is in hardcover, but it's new, it's wonderful, it has the most beautiful cover, Geraldine Brooks' horse. And another one just to mention to Potties, last week Jennifer Down, the Melbourne writer, won the Miles Franklin yes. for her novel Body of Light. And I think this is going to really start to have, it's had a slow burn for the last few months, but I think now it's really going to take off, particularly with book clubs. So highly recommend that one as well. Sorry, what was that called, Corrie? You just dropped out a tiny bit. Bodies of Light by Jennifer Down. I haven't got to it yet, but it has come so highly recommended from people whose opinions I value. Fantastic. Well, there's a couple to put on your little wish list or the order list for the library. 
Screen, Corrie. Screen. Screen. Jane, have you seen Becoming Elizabeth? No, not yet. Oh. Tell me. <laughs> okay, so I love a bit of a Tudor drama. There's always a beheading, a bit of a stabbing here and there, Lo- lots of lustful sex up against tables and walls and God knows what else. This is the, this is the, this is a six-part series one uh, story of. So I'm imagining that there's going to be series two and three and four because yeah. they've just left us absolutely in the lurch. I thought there were more episodes, and it finished the other night with six, and I, I'm beside myself. But this is the story of Elizabeth the first, and her coming to her, well, her coming of age, but also her coming to the throne, which was incredibly problematic and difficult because not only was she never expected to be monarch because her brother Edward the sixth inherited the throne after her father Henry the eighth died. But also she had an older sister, Henry's first wife, Catherine of Aragon, had given birth to Mary, their only child. And so Mary was first in line. But Mary is, uh, is, is Catholic and retains the Catholic faith, even though Henry VIII had, had introduced uh, his own church, the Church of England, to England. These are difficult times. And, and the premise of this is what kind of character young Elizabeth is, her determination to survive uh, because there's so much politics in, in the court of, of, of um, Edward VI. And, and then, of course, what side is she, on which side will she fall? Will she stay with her brother's religion after his death or will she convert to Catholicism to save herself? It is fascinating. I, I know we all know this story. We've all read it. We all studied it in history years ago. But I think the filmmakers have really brought this story to light. And another one, just quickly to mention, uh, is The Undeclared War, also on Stan, a British political thriller, highly recommend. It takes place in the future, 2024, so just a couple of years from now, and it's the British election and a cyber attack by the Russians on all the British networks and the many ways in which they inveigle the whole news and communication networks of England and the dire consequences. Highly recommend that one too. What about you? Look, I am going to just say that Aftertaste Season 2 on ABC TV is worth a bit of a look if you, like me, feel guilty saying we should produce more TV in Australia and then just watch international productions. This was filmed in the Adelaide Hills. There was a first season, which I think came out in sort of lockdown one, uh, and it's the story of a former celebrity chef, East, East and West. He's played by Eric Thompson, who, of course, you might remember from Pack to the Rafters. Uh, and in this second season, after a fairly tumultuous uh, ride in the first season, he is basically shunning cooking, won't get into a kitchen, thinks the industry is just... Really a complete uh, wank, I would say. And then his uh, niece returns. They have some fiery stuff going on in the kitchen. She hates him with a passion. They both inspire each other. It's slapstick. It's a bit stupid. Stunning scenery. The Adelaide Hills. But I think if you want to support a little bit of Australian uh, production, Aftertaste Season 2 on ABC TV. Short episodes, Corrie. I binged it all in one evening on a Saturday. So, I don't know, satisfying and local. (laughs) So that is aftertaste, and that's a rather nice segue, Janie, into our food, uh, our GLT food and recipes. Before we go to you, I just wanted to mention 
two new cookbooks that have burst onto the scene. Mm. One arrived this week and one arrives next week and they're two Australian heroes of Carol and mine and I'm sure yours as well. The one that arrived this week is Around the Table by Julia Basutal Nishimura and many people will remember her as the author of Ostro. This is her third cookbook. Honestly, have Carol and I referred to this her books 300 times, maybe 400 times? Yes. <laughs> I went to my local bookshop to pick up a copy yesterday. Sadly, their stock had not arrived, but I will have it by the weekend and I cannot wait to get into this. So it's called Around the Table. And, this, and the other book that's arriving next week is Karen Martini's huge book. It's called Cook, the only book you need in the kitchen. Jane, there are more than 1,000 recipes. It sounds to me a little bit like um, Stephanie Alexander's big food Bible of 20 years ago. It's that same sort of feel of, of any ingredient cooked in so many different ways and a real uh, necessary resource for cooks in the kitchen. Um, the other thing I did want to mention too and uh, a couple of recipes that we will include on the show notes. I've talked about this book before. I'm holding it up to the screen so you can see it. More Food with Friends. This is the wonderful community cookbook produced by the, the families and the teachers at the Hamilton and Alexandra College in Hamilton. And there are so many great recipes for winter here in this book. But there's one in particular that I wanted to mention and we will have it in the show notes. So a big shout out to my friend Jane in just out of Hamilton. Jane McDonald's pear cake is a winner and pears at the moment, unlike iceberg lettuces, <laughs> are a pretty good price. Although, Jane, I noticed that iceberg lettuces dropped $2 in my local fruit and veg shop this week. <laughs> well, it's salad for you, Corrie. Go for it. Go hard. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might wait. I might wait until the odds get a little shorter. But anyway, we'll include Jane McDonald's pear cake recipe on our notes. Uh, what have you been cooking, Jane, or what do you want to cook in August? Look, this is one that uh, will fit perfectly. Miles from Prince Wine Store has a Pedro Jimenez sherry to uh, go with this recipe. I never went to the restaurant Movita. I have a lot of friends, including my sister, who did. This recipe is Movita's beef cheeks with Pedro Jimenez. You might have to order the beef cheeks from your local butcher. They're not cheap anymore. When I first made this recipe 15 years ago, you could probably get four beef cheeks for about $10. I think I paid 35 bucks the other day, but it was worth it, Corey. Basically, all you need to do is slow cook your beef cheeks in half a litre of Pedro Jimenez sherry, which is about 15 bucks worth, maybe 20, <laughs> depending on which bottle you uh, buy. And also half a litre of red wine. You can do no wrong after that. It's served on a cauliflower mash or puree. I've done it several times. It is restaurant quality, delicious winter warming, slow cooked food curry. It's highly recommended. I'll put the recipe in the show notes. Sounds great. Fantastic. And so finally, Jane, we are off to outings. You and I are going out and about in August. We're not going to stay at home, like said. <laughs> We're going out and about. Visit Victoria is a really good website if you're looking for things not only around Victoria, and there are lots in different areas happening, lots of farmers markets and lots of fairs and fates, uh, Sheepvention in Hamilton this weekend, lots of things happening. But also there's a really good page and uh, resource for Melbourne as well. So anything that you're interested in there. 
Uh, so, Jane, there's also the Melbourne Writers Festival happening. I booked my tickets this morning. Strictly speaking, not winter because it's on the weekend of the 8th to the 11th of September. But now's a really good time to have a look at their wonderful program packed with some amazing events and have a think about what you might like to go and see. Uh, all of the events are in the Melbourne CBD, so that's uh, that'll be really fun. And then a shout-out to my beloved Wheeler Centre on the 2nd of August, which is next week. They are featuring, and I think this will be a brilliant session, Eddie Betts has his new memoir, mm. The Carlton Football. It's coming out, and he is in conversation with Tony Birch, who is one of Australia's finest Indigenous fiction writers. I think the two of them together will be exploring some amazing territory, and that is a must-see. And the other thing, too, if you haven't seen it yet, go to the NGV, uh, the National Gallery of Victoria, the St Kilda Road building, the Picasso Sanctuary. Uh, it's on till the 9th of October, and if you love the work of Pablo Picasso, this is the exhibition for you. Absolutely. That is on my list. I want to take all the kids to that and just blow their little minds. <laughs> uh, Corey, as we... Great idea. What is... What, on your agenda? Oh, look, I haven't got too many actual, um, you know, event event things to go out and get into in this last month of winter. But as I awoke to the news earlier in the week that, you know, we could be heading for a global recession and the worst downturn in many decades since the 70s, some experts predicting, it did make me think about just becoming a bit closer to my local food producers and my community garden and growing a bit more myself this year and, like you mentioned, the lettuces and the cost of food. So I'm actually going to get out and about and keep discovering these little things that have sprung up in lockdown, especially around the country in our suburbs, little community food swaps or they call them uh, Ballarat. It's the food is free laneway or stall, places where people put excess produce, stuff they've grown, maybe a bakery that's got stuff that's going to get thrown out and the community just trades and it is just so wonderful it's making me want to put in extra veggies in the garden this year so that when I drop past got some lemons the other day could have spent a fortune in the store for them uh, that I can actually you know donate back to my local um, area as well so if you're wandering the suburbs you just sort of see a little stall sometimes they're just a cupboard quarry with like doors on it that someone's put in their front yard so I'm searching out little uh, food swaps and things like that. Sounds great. And uh, you do see in the country uh, quite often at the moment, keep your eyes peeled, everyone, people will have lemons, yes. boxes and boxes <laughs> of lemons at their front gate. Leave them a decent amount of money, please. <laughs> Don't just think, oh, well, I can take these for nothing because that's not fair. But it is wonderful to know that you have hand-picked lemons in the back of your car in your shopping bag because you've spied them on a country road, which is exactly <laughs> what I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, Janie, it's been great to chat and uh, we look forward to Caro returning next week. I hope today's little episode encourages everybody to feel a little more optimistic about the cold month ahead. There's always uh, the fire, the heater to sit by and enjoy some of the things that we have talked about, including Jane's Jane McDonald's beautiful pear cake. Um, and Jane, you'll be hitting the sherry, clearly. <laughs> Just a little stifter, um, as Homer Simpson would say. <laughs> um, and um, and we look forward so much to Caro joining us next week. We'll have a slightly longer episode next week because, of course, there's so much travel information that we have to hear and we want to hear all about Rose's wedding. 
Jane, any housekeeping before we go? Well, we've had some great Dear Caro and Corrie questions and dilemmas come in, so we're going to kick that back off with Caro's expertise next week. If you've got a question, make sure you send it to us. Feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au. We would absolutely love to see you at our movie night, Tuesday the 16th of August, for good luck to you, Leo Grande. All the details to book in the show notes. I think that's about it, Corrie. Thank you so much. And what do we say? Don't shoot the messenger, Jane. This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Call 131 806 for real Aussie energy. And Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world.